But uh, we were talking about Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen. If you would read it again, so if someone just tuned in, they they know where at. Says to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, "Needeth not to be ashamed." Yeah. What What do you think that means? Elaborate on that a little bit. Brother Shane, what do you think he's talking about? I think I lost Brother Shane again. I was on that text. I'm sorry. Oh, that's that said again now. What What does it mean to be ashamed in that verse? To Rick, be ashamed, not be ashamed of Christ. He said, "If you'll be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you." See, sometimes to me, we're ashamed to to present ourselves as a Christian because we hurt people's feelings. And what I mean by that is not trying to condemn. See, Jesus said, "I come not to condemn." But if we're not careful, we get that condemning spirit trying to get them to become like we all transforming them. So, but anyway. We ought to be able to be a witness of the people with the joy of the Lord. You know, the Bible says there's seven gifts of the Spirit. Seven gifts. All right, there's 17 works of the flesh. But there's only seven gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, temperance, patience. You know, and, and, and these, these kind of attributes is who He is. And long-suffering. Long-suffering. So we ought to be able to show these things unto the world by who we are. You know, because a person comes against you, don't mean you had a right to come against them. But out of that, not that we do it to heap coals on their head, but as Christ has shown us mercy, so shall we show people mercy. You know, I think a lot of times people get Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah, mixed up, confused. Yeah, because Bring it together. I, I think people, like, on this side of the cross... God deals with us differently than he did the other side of the cross. On this side of the cross, the Holy Ghost comes living inside of you. And on the other side of the cross, the Holy Spirit came on people and left them. On this side of the cross, we got grace. Amen. On the other side of the cross, they didn't have grace. And so, but, so a lot of times when you're in the Old Testament, you have to remember that was for the Jews. But it, the law, God writes the commandments on our heart. When you get saved, you become a new creature in Christ. And you automatically, something inside you says, I don't want to sin. I don't want to lie. You just know that when you got saved, something changed. Something supernaturally should have happened to you. And verse and I've heard you preach a lot about a new heart. And when you get this new heart, you got a newfound love. But he tells us to not be ashamed of the love that we have with the Father or with Jesus Christ. So if you love him, I mean, we all admit we got wives. You know, we don't we don't we ain't embarrassed about our wives, but yet sometimes Christians won't tell nobody about Jesus. You got the greatest gift in the world. Your soul has been saved from hell, and inside of you, you have the opportunity to speak to another individual and plant the seeds of Jesus Christ, or maybe you're watering it. Maybe. You get to be the one to tell them how to get saved, you know, to 
Tell them, confess that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ. You get to be the one to do that. And, but if we're ashamed of it, we ain't ever going to do it. You know, and it is such a, could you imagine the last, uh, the the last time they did the census in America, 70% of Americans identified as a Christian. Now they might have said that, but they ain't living that. Because if they did, revival would show up, break out in America. We wouldn't be aborting children. The jails and the prisons would be empty. Or at least they wouldn't be getting fuller, a little more fuller than what they was. I mean, well, here's the you know, I've, I've, I've preached in the, in the prison down there, and there's some Christian men behind them bars. I know the world throws yeah. away, but there's some Christian men in there. And I'm not... I'm not advocating let them out because they got saved. They still got to pay for, you know, they did it, you know. But but the the point I'm trying to make is that once these guys get saved, they tell me stuff that's just unbelievable. Like this one guy told me, uh, he said, I got a life sentence. And I, man, this guy was, man, you could just feel the, the Jesus on him, you know what I'm saying? You just feel the Holy Spirit. And when he told me that life sentence, it like, I was like, kind of broke my heart, you know. And I guess he could tell I had a... Well, you can't it's on your face, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he's yeah. seen that. And he said, but don't worry about it. He said, if I hadn't come in here, I'd have died out there and went to hell. See, this guy don't care about his surroundings. That's it. He Amen. said, I got Jesus. And I'm thinking, man, this cat's got Jesus in prison. Mm-hmm. And I think about myself all them years before I got saved. I couldn't go to church in an air-conditioned car and sit in an air-conditioned building. And this guy's living for the Lord, you know. Well, the, the, I had a I had a forehead with my comment. The word Christian is just like the word love nowadays. See, the word love nowadays Man. don't mean. Uh, excuse me, do y'all know what Mr. Chris is? No, sir. The word love doesn't mean what it meant back then. He was outside earlier. Uh, I mean, you think about the way we use the word love in today's time. We will tell a man to his face we love him, and then we will turn around, and when he's gone, we will tear that man down. The word Christian does not have the meaning that it used to have. I go to church, or I've been baptized, or so on. Or I, The biggest one I hear, into, oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. Not I'm saved, not I have the Jesus lives in me, not the word Christian does not mean what it used to mean. Yeah. I tell you what I hear a lot <laughs> is people say that they're full of the spirit. Yeah. The spirit. Yeah. And they're on their spirit walk and they're on their spirit journey. <laughs> and and they never will say the name of Jesus. They'll say yeah. God, they'll say spirit and you just about can't corner them up and make them say Jesus. You know? And most of them that do that ain't even involved in church. You can't get them to church. No. And they're some of the hardest to reach because they know scripture. They can quote it faster than you can. And it seems like once a person knows scripture and they leave church, they ain't coming back. Well, you just about can't get them back. Unless, unless the Lord brings them back, you ain't going to. Unless the Lord smites them. He said, those I love, I'll chase them. That's what he said in Revelation 3. And he was talking to the last church, the Laodicean church. That's 
us, I guess, whoever's going to be the last church when he comes back. Amen. And, but he said, uh, those who love, he chasing us. So if that man knows scripture or woman and they ain't said, in church, they, but said, they're saved. He also said he'll rebuke them. He yeah. Did, but people ain't taking rebuke no more. No, you ain't even tell nobody what. Paul said in one place that, that the church might be edified and grow to the place it needs to be to open and rebuke them. Say, hey, look, I heard you was having an affair. Stop doing what you... Hey, I heard you was stealing... Hey, I heard you was cheating on your taxes. Yeah, yeah. You know how hard it is how you empty a church out? <laughs> but if you become like the New Testament really was... Could you imagine... Could you imagine scolding people like Paul did? And you couldn't do it now. No. Man, everybody's got the foot on their shoulders. Yeah. No. No. And I, I want God to correct me. I, I, I've told people behind a pulpit, man, if, if you see me do something... It's not Christ-like. You come and tell me, please. Yep. I tell our church please, that all the time. you tell me. I don't, don't sit there and, and mm -hmm. man, you come tell me. Hey, Brother Shane, man, the other day, your attitude, man, please come tell me. Because yep. I don't want to do anything to be offensive to my Savior. I don't want anything of my flesh to, to, to mar the ministry of Christ. Exactly. I, I want everything exactly. I do to be an example of my Father. Amen. Man, I want to, not that I'll ever be Jesus. I'm not trying to be him. Well, you but, man, but, but man, I want to be like him. I, I do. I want to be like him. What He's you just pattern. said, that was, people, that that was, that meant something. You ain't never going to be like Jesus. You'll yeah. never be perfect. But that should be the intent when you wake up that morning. I want to be Christ-like today. And, and Lord, when I fall short, I know I'm going to mess up, but. If I fall short today, and I want to repent from it, and 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 that's the thing. I said sometimes, I think sometimes, religion and man sets the standard so high that you can't reach it. That you yeah, you can't. It's it's like it. So whenever you look at the Pharisee of the day, I mean, them guys was more holier than anybody on earth. And yet they you still can't. found a way around the law. Yeah, well, yeah. well exactly. <laughs> they, well, they had Jesus told them they forgot the more the more things of the law, the love and mercy. Yeah, they got so caught up on the law, and, and I never finished that statement a while ago. But the law was a schoolmaster to teach us right from wrong. Yeah. If it hadn't have been for the law, we wouldn't have known that adultery was wrong. Yeah. Or homosexuality or fornication. We wouldn't have known to, to steal. We wouldn't have known the Ten Commandments. We wouldn't know to love God and not have idols. So the law taught us what was right and what was wrong. Yep. But you got to understand, he fulfilled the law. Paul said, let no man judge you in feasts, moons, or Sabbath days. Another Bible says, if you judge yourself, you won't be judged when you get to heaven. You know, why, in one place he says, why do you judge them outside of church? They're not of God. Why should you judge them? Uh -huh. God will judge them. You don't worry about them. But yet you judge inside the church. So we'll run them down outside the church and put them down like they're all going to hell. But then we don't condemn the wrong inside the church. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to tell nobody, hey, you're not living right. Well, what you're the, doing is wrong. I, I don't know. And if you uh, do tell probably, them, well, they get mad. <laughs> they, they probably is somewhere they're doing this, but I don't know of any church that truly has church discipline. You know, or I don't know of anywhere, and it's it probably out there. I don't know everybody. I don't know every place. 
but I, I know this. I've never I've never heard of a pastor being disqualified anymore. Paul said, "Lest I be disqualified." I'm, I'm gonna tell you about you know? some some preachers I know, and man, and, and the more I hear about them, the more I respect them. They don't let nothing go on that's not right on their pulpit. If they catch wind of it, you ain't getting up there. If they find out something's not right in your walk with God, you ain't getting up there. Mm. And there was this one preacher one time in him was talking, and his son done something that wasn't approved by the gospel. It wasn't bad, but it was small, but still it was, was not right with the gospel. And he took him off the pulpit. He said, son, you're not getting up here. Amen. You're not getting up here. You're my son. And he. But how many Eli's are there that let their children fornicate, steal, cheat, do all this stuff mm -hmm. in the house of God, and it ain't right. There's no discipline there, like you said, but these men that, I, that I'm talking about now, man, and they don't, they're not abusive people. They're not mean. They're not hard-shelled people. But I'm telling you what, man, they live what's in that Bible. They live it. Yeah. If it's in that Bible, they stand by it, and they teach their children in that pulpit and that congregation, man, they teach them the right way. But brother Dale, I, I that just he he did that he's done that several times. First of all, I think I'm maybe there was another guy, but I think I'm about the only guy that's ever been in his pulpit besides him. He's he's real cost that pulpit. I've been better be. Uh, I remember he Yeah, far and, and like I preach regularly, you know, like all the time. I know I know he's had revival preachers, but he knew them preachers. Like I just couldn't pull somebody I wanted to if he didn't know them. Mm -hmm. You know. And like when we had that band, if he got wind one of them cats got drunk or was stepped out or was fornicating whatever they was off we we played without a drummer that week. That's so right. we found a new drummer. Yeah. And another thing I enjoyed about this church when I first come to it, uh was he did something, and I'm not bragging on my church. I'm just saying I I like this. I watched him. The first thing he wanted me to be was the Sunday school teacher. And I said, no, brother, you got a church full of people. Go through them first. So for about six Sundays, he said, anybody want to teach Sunday school? Nobody volunteered. But I just didn't want to be day one come to church and all of a sudden got a position, you know. But... I was watching during them six weeks that he could just, she, he just asked different men to pray, and these cats jumped up and just prayed eloquently. Mm -hmm. I could tell they prayed before. This wasn't their first time. Yeah. And in Sunday school class, he asked a question, and like, about everybody raised their hand. They knew, they knew their Bible. And that makes teaching so much easier. Yeah, amen. And the idea that me and Brother Dale's in one accord, just about 99% of the stuff we believe in do, mm -hmm. it's like two peas in a pod. Yeah, that's good. And and I've never got wind, uh, you know, of him saying, well, you know, Danny's a little different than us. Well, I, you know, usually I'm different than everybody, you know, but... We're all not, different. Exactly, yeah. we're supposed to be. But, like, he's, I've never got wind, and he's never heard nobody say, I say anything about him. And so... we. We have a mutual respect, but when it comes to the gospel, we got the same mind. I don't want anybody, if you're in any position of on that stage, whether you're a singer, a player, someone's looking at you because 
you're a foot and a half higher than everybody else in there. Mm -hmm. They looking at you, and if they know, oh, well, that's Bob. He smokes weed with John over there, you know. You, you, you're making a mockery about being up there. You know, you wouldn't have never caught nobody in Paul that Paul preached at. That was that wasn't. He said, "Don't put a novice up there. They need to be studied and showed their self approved." Amen. You know? And the Bible says that, that that look at their life, look at mm -hmm. their life. I guarantee you, I I can promise you, if, if Brother Dale, if I ever called him looking at a woman, or drinking or anything like that, if I heard him cuss, you know, we'd have to have a talk. But if I seen it become. And I, I know he do me the same way. Mm -hmm. I know he loves me. Well, that's because he loves you. Yeah, he better come to you. That's love. That's love. When you go to a brother and tell yeah. him, say, hey, look. Well, see, know? he does that with all the members. And yeah, now so good. do I. Yeah, that's good. That's you the know? way it should be. And and so if we hear about a member but, that's messing up, we'll let it go. But if they keep on, one of us is going to their house. Mm-hmm. And if I'm closer to him than he is, mm -hmm. he'll say, Daddy, go check on George, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then he has his that... Been going to church with him for 20 years. Well, he still does that with them, but pretty much a lot of the new people I deal with, mm -hmm. you know. And and we kind of split. He's It's so funny because he'll say, he'll say, like, that one's yours. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why do I get all the crazy ones, but when they get <laughs> right, they all of a sudden come to your side. What's up with that? Why do I got to... It took me three years to get this guy in church. And now all of a sudden, you're going to say he's yours? I, no, no. I get all the ones that struggle and everything, but when they, they they finally surrender to the Lord and they quote in Scripture and they praise in the Lord, he says, okay, I'll take that one now. I said, no, you ain't. <laughs> so he gets all the ones that ain't no problem going on, you know. And if they start getting problems, he kicks them back down. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty funny how he does it. We, man, that guy's so funny. But he does. He lives in a glass box, and I'm not. I'm just talking, you know. I'm not trying to lift him up. I'm just talking. I I enjoy having a pastor that lives in a glass box. When you go see him at home, he's the same one he is mm -hmm. in the church. You know, it, it. His life's an open book. But I've seen so many pastors that didn't want none of their members over. You know, they didn't want to know how they lived. They like want had a secret life over here. When that happens, you pretty much guarantee they something. Mm -hmm. They something up, you know. And that they was a, one pastor. He told me don't ever come over before I call first. And he he was a single. He didn't have a wife or kids or nothing. Mm. But uh, but come to find yeah, he had a whole nother life. Mm. That's why he did that. That's something. But uh, what y'all want to add to it? Anybody want to add anything to this before we close this section out? Let's read verse 16 because here's here's a big problem. Right. And, and this is a problem. We got so many other books out there. We got this one's hollering this. And they, they, they sound like they quote scripture, but they're not anything around it or anything else. It says, but to shine profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. What was that? So, just so if oh, you go no to... What happened about that? I, I dropped them off. We got rats up in here. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> got, got little mouses. 
probes the computer. So if you go to a brother, a sister goes to a sister, and they're trying to help them to grow in the Lord. In one place it says, cast not your pearls before swine, unless they turn and rend you with the very word. Well, they know the word or they can't rend you with it. That's right. They have to know the gospel. That's right. So when we go to people trying to encourage them to be better, yeah. because we see better in influence or, in or they can be better than what they are. We don't go there trying to hurt them. That's right. We don't go there trying to tear them down. We go there and we tell them because we love them. Amen. You know, and, and I, I've had people hurt me to the core. And, and I mean, to the core. And, and I still try to be their friend. And I still try to love them. But they shun me. Yeah. They shun me. And I'm still trying to be their friend after they hurt me. Yeah. They did me. I felt like wrong. And I'm still trying to be their friend. Right. I'm still trying to keep the brother unity. And it's hard when you try to be friends with people. So I've learned that loyalty to people and they don't have loyalty to you, no. it hurts. No. So when so when we go to them and, and they're and we're trying to reach the body or we're trying to reach a brother in the Lord, no matter what he's done and we go to him out of love. Amen. We go to him out of kindness and, and they turn around and they're vain babblings. You know what I'm saying? They they're saying they this but the life they live is not that. That's it. That they got, they got no love. They got no mercy. They, 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 you can't tell them nothing. You know, you can't try to help them in kindness because they turn around and become like a vain babble. Yeah. Religion is full of vain babbling. Yeah. The Bible says, "Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." We talked about it more than one time. Yeah. Where where man has put a whole lot of stipulation on salvation and evidence of salvation, and we can babble on for days. But when you talk to your, and I hate to use the word average Christian, you don't got me tied up in that. Birthday. <laughs> when we talk to the 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 folks in the in in the pew, man, when we talk to them, and you, I'm bad to just sit back and listen when folks talk, and you start hearing some of the junk they're talking, and you know where it came from, and you know that it's not there's nothing divine about it. I mean, we've got, you go to a Christian bookstore and you got 5,000 books and they got one little small area for the Bibles. You, you, you understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And all that junk, how to do this and the five points of this and the five points of that, that is all vain because there's nothing divine behind it. That's babbling. When when we go to a brother and he tell, we tell him, hey, Look, you can't commit adultery because God said you can't commit adultery and love him. The Bible said that none has been named among you not one time. It's becoming saints. That's it. It shouldn't be named one time That's among it. you. There should be a life to live. Mm -hmm. But then you and get... I mean, you even take it a step further, brother, as, as how we treat not ourselves, right. not other brothers, but we take it home to how we treat our wives. Yes. Yeah. If that brother's not treating his wife good and treating her like he's the queen of his castle, there's something wrong. Amen. There's something wrong there. And I mean, it, it, it goes as far as that. 
Because, I mean, you're not going to, I mean, we've been all been angry enough that we've slapped our own self. Well, maybe you haven't, but I have I thought you were going to say slapped your wife. <laughs> you know, you know I, I've, been, I like, I've, been, I've been that mad. I've been so mad. I've, I've slapped myself. I've just hit myself. I get so mad because I don't want to hit them. I hit me. You know, so I, I've been that angry before. And I've, I've Anyway, but beside the point is, we don't want to hurt nobody. No. We don't. So we, the Bible says be angry and sin not. So it's Amen. okay to be angry. He even told Jonah, he said, it's good that thou are angry. It's good that you're angry. This gold disappeared. It's good that you're angry. But I want you to see, I'm trying to work through you to reach a body of people, and you're so caught up in your pride, I can't work through you. Yeah. So we have to work through the simplicity of the gospel, through humility and humbleness. I'm going to tell you how pride works. And it's in the church. Amen. Okay. Now, I say this back before I become a Christian. I was working this job. And... This guy was pumping up, you know, back then. Anyway, he uh, he uh, told this this guy. He says uh, he won't let me smoke in his van. And he kept on. He got me pumped up. And I said, "Well, I'm gonna smoke in his van, like it or not. I'm Shane Bird. I do what I want to do. Anybody gonna tell me I can't do nothing?" Amen. So I piled up in that van with a cigarette. You ain't gonna put me out of this van. Anyway, I jump up in there with that cigarette, and I started smoking. He said, hey, you can't smoke in my van. I said, yeah, I'm smoking in this van. He said, not in my van, you ain't. I said, I'll tell you what I do, Hoss. I'll quit. I'll go to the house. I quit. You showed him, did you? I showed him. <laughs> I quit my job. And I went to the house. Now, who got hurt, him or you? I did. Yep. I'm telling you how proud he is. Exactly. Because I want to do what I want to, and you ain't going to tell Shane Bird he can't do what he wants to do. You think people tell God that? That's every day, brother. Every day, man. And they tell other brothers the same thing. You can't go to them and love and help them. Used I'm going to do it my way, and I dare you tell me something wrong, because they'll go back five years, three years, oh, yeah. and remember something you've done, and they'll drag it up. They'll resurrect what you done put down, yeah. trying to live a better life. Not you're trying to hurt them, yeah. but you're trying to help them to grow in God. And, and, and learn, and you know, and, and my thing is, this is my thing, Brother Danny. If Jesus come to, to, to help us and deliver us from us, to deliver us from us, Amen. and the feeling that we get from that, if we're not careful, it becomes prideful. It becomes mm -hmm. prideful. I'm saved. I'm better than you. Exactly. And God don't like that. No. Mm -mm. He don't like that, Brother Daddy. Well, did Jesus come as a Lord overall, or did he humble himself he humbled as himself. a servant? He come like he's a servant. He so, said, he's the greatest among you. Let him become the, the, the least among you. Yeah, man. So, man, here's Jesus. He ain't going to be prideful. He ain't going to be boastful. He ain't going to be arrogant. Think about he's going to be humble, man. Yeah, Good. Jesus was washing the, the, the disciples' feet. Yeah. We're doing that Wednesday. We had communion Sunday at Easter. And we're going to have foot washing Wednesday. I told him, I said, Cole, we're going to wash some feet. And I remember on that note, I remember we was overseas. And I remember this guy, he, he didn't speak my language. We couldn't speak his. And we was in Brazil. And this guy, there's a lot of tension there. You, you know, you can just feel that tension. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how can I reach this guy, God? What can I say? You know, because sometimes words don't work. Right. You know, you can, it just don't work. We, we try to find the right word. It just don't work. So, and I, I'm, I'm praying, God, what can I say to this guy to reach this guy? And, man, two days went by, the second day, you know, and I'm reaching out to God how to reach this guy because he was just a lot of tension there. 
And I, I just felt it. Some God said, just said, wash his feet. I said, okay. Man, I, I'm fixing to do this right now. I told the interpreter, I said, tell his wife, go get, I said, tell this brother to come outside. I said, on the porch, I want to talk to him. So he come outside and I said, sit right there. I said, wait just a minute. I'm gonna, I want to talk to you. Wait just a minute. So he's sitting there and he's looking at me. He's wondering what's going on, what's fixing to take place. You know, he's just trying to figure all this out. And I had the interpreter. I said, tell his wife to go get me a bowl of water. So he stepped inside, told him, get a bowl of water. When she came out with that bowl of water, he's looking at what's going on. And I set that water down beside his feet. He's, he jumped up, no, you ain't washing my feet. I said, yes, I'm washing your feet. I want to wash your feet for you. And he said, no, 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 you ain't washing my feet. I said, please, please let me wash your feet, please. And you know when I took his shoes off and his sock off and I began to wash his feet, he broke and cried like a baby. Amen. All it took was humbleness to reach that person. Amen. I had a preacher come against me so hard one time. So hard. And God told me before I went up, I'd have to show great mercy. I knew what that meant. When I got there, I didn't say a whole lot. I listened to him rant and rave and do all that he was doing. I didn't hardly say nothing. I just listened. He, he said all he had to say, just piles and piles of stuff. And I listened. Well, I went to get in my truck, and I knew I was supposed to show great mercy, but I done got, I'm, I'm leaving. I ain't, I, I'm done with this. I, I'm tired. I'm done. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, ask him to forgive you. I said, okay, Lord. Okay. Out of him ranting and raving and doing all that he was doing, when I got on my knees and I looked up at him, I said, brother, if I've ever offended you, please forgive me. You know that man hit his knees and put his head on my shoulder and cried like a baby? Amen. It took the humbleness. And that's how we're going to reach people. It ain't words, it's action. Amen. And we've got to get to the action of the gospel. Now, I couldn't have done that in my flesh, brother. I'm not trying to, I'm Amen. just saying that if Amen. we would humble Amen. ourselves enough and let God speak through us, we can break. Where he God says, can break things off of people. Where he says to shun profane babbling. I want you to think about somebody standing out in your front yard hollering and screaming at you. Y'all, that is, that's, it's profane. It's no good. Pay it no mind. You know, I've, again, I know people that hate me that have never, as far as shook my hand, have never, have never shook my hand. They know who I am, but yet they hate me and, and we get nasty text and all mm. that stupidity and all that profane mess. Lord bless them. I hope the Lord blesses them and, and they find Jesus and we pray. Well, see, that's why the, you know, that's, that's what the Bible says that we're supposed to love them that hate us. Yeah. All right. Well.